All right. All right. Hey, do me a favor. Anybody that's yeah. listening, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, tune into the Hard Luck Show. You might learn something. Your brother face with hard luck. Good afternoon and welcome to the Hard Luck Show. I'm your certified qualified West Side host, Steve Lucky Luciano. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into the greatest show on earth. It's the Hard Luck Show, coming at you from the city of Santa Monica, Pico Youth Center. That's right, sitting next to me is my co-host and partner, Mad Indian, is Chumahan Bone, American Indian, Southern Californian, elegant barbarian. And we don't need no education, we need true fucking wisdom up in this piece. Come on! Uh, uh, come on. That sounds good. Yeah. And the reason it sounds so good is because we have the audio genius. That's old right. Old Blue Eyes himself. Yeah. Oh, old school. Mr. Barracuda himself. Sean Lewis, certified audio professional come and on. engineer. Put. Yeah. Scat Man Crothers in the house, Mike Angelo Photography. What's up, y'all? Hard luck show once again, man. That's all that scrap. Here we go. Channeling our visuals today. Channeling our visuals. What's up, y'all? I'm a scat man. Your mom's a scat man. Pump it in your mouth. Scat man. All right, all right. Now let's get recurring guest. We have a guest that is coming back on the show. Sisters, yeah. Let's all welcome back. Mr. Ralph, come on! Yeah, Ralph Moore! Welcome back to the show, Ralph. Come on! Hey, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so we got much going on. Listeners, listen, listeners, we are on Zoom. Ralph, uh, my bro, is uh, up in San Francisco. Um, and just a, a wonderful man. If you heard those, if you have not listened to Ralph's First show, you need to go back and listen to it and hear Ralph's story. But Ralph's come back on, man. This is uh, this is my brother from another mother. Ralph, thank you and welcome back to the show, Ralph. Glad to be back. How are you? I'm doing well. There's there's so much going on in my life that uh, uh, I, I would gladly share. You know, um, first off, I'm, I'm thankful for a show like yours. Oh. That gives us the opportunity to have a platform to speak out and speak truth to light. Yes, and 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 that um, we can reach people that that don't that don't really hear from honest, open, friendly people that don't have a grinder pick, mm-hmm. but just want to tell the truth That's about right. what's going. on. Absolutely. Yeah. What you know, what Ralph, and you know what, I don't. Your we, first show, the first show that we did, we really covered some of your past and i would right. like you to i don't want to get too lost in it because i want to have time to talk about what you're doing today but i would like yeah. you for the listeners to give us maybe the one minute quick just where you came from and where to get you to now and then we can talk about what's going on today that's what's important but can you give my okay, no listeners problem. a little 30 second one minute just a little light no background problem. thank you i grew up in uh, compton california um I I was raised in a large family of 11 children, two parents, mother and father. That was strict as hell, hard, abusive, because they didn't know any better. They were raised by uh, parents that came out of slavery, and, and all they knew was to correct a child was to beat them. 
And that, that put a stain in my life that I carried for a lot of years. Mm. So much so, I grew up as an angry young man mm. to an angry middle-aged man. And then I tragically went to prison for 25 to life. Mm. I spent 23 mm. years in prison and fought every day all the way to get out. Mm. And I went to the board and uh, they found me suitable on my first board appearance. Wow, man. So I come to San Francisco. And uh, because of taking a life, I want to give back. Yes. And uh, that yes. I've done for a lot of years now. Mm-hmm. In fact, yesterday was my fifth year being out of incarceration. Hell yeah. yeah. Let's give you a hand, bro. Let's give it that's a hand. A, Man, Ralph, a, such a long way. And Ralph, I got to see yeah. you. The special thing is I got to meet Ralph. On his first day out, because I was I was first at, day out. His first day out of prison. I was up at Health Right Three Hundred and Sixty in San Francisco at Walden House, and right, Ralph, I got to meet you your first day, correct? Yes, yes. yes. And I've got to stay in contact. We became very close friends in Frisco. We went through as clients. We worked for the treatment firm. And uh, I came back to Los Angeles, and I've gotten to stay in contact with Ralph, and I've got to watch this man not only turn his life completely around, but help to change countless other men's lives, man. And Ralph, I just want to tell you, man, this has been a true gift. Just watching you, man, just watching you operate and move forward with your life, brother. Yeah. Well... You know, there's one thing I want to say about that. It's uh, That's what God put in my heart after 23 years, or during those 23 years. And uh, one thing that I'm so proud of is that uh, the people that I w- became close with in prison man, man, are all Name home. all that shit, bro. Thank you. Go ahead. I uh, I uh, had the, the captain on our yard that I spent 17 years on mm-hmm. allowed me to have 20 men in the bleachers on Sunday afternoons mm-hmm. to train them on how to effectively go to the board. And uh, every one of those gentlemen are out. Wow. And doing wow, fantastic man. and living life and are doing positive things. And are you? And, and Oh, man. <laughs> Do you so- know, I work for a company called... Uh, Bayview Safe Navigation Center. And, and what do they do? With the homeless. They, they house homeless. They, they, they house people on the streets at their facility, and then we work to get them housing. So from your standpoint, from your standpoint, Ralph, what do you see as like maybe the common denominator factor for why we have so many homeless going on right now? Yeah. Two, two things. Mental illness and drugs. Man. Man, and some people are it. trying to treat their mental illness with drugs, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Overmedicate themselves. Why? Why with the wrong why, medication? Why is our society today so poor at taking care of people who need mental services? That started back with Pete Wilson when he was governor, and he closed all the mental health uh, hospitals down. Right. But I mean, didn't and Ronald, they, Ronald Reagan followed that? That's so right. They put Pete, people that were in. Mental institutions on the streets. Now it, you add drugs to it. Why did That's an explosion. So, so that makes sense from like the general idea, I think, from some of these types is that, oh, we're going to cut taxes. So we're going to close all these Absolutely. Mental- it's all about money. Right. It's all about money. But then they make the streets like more unsafe. And and, yes. and, 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 and 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 I mean, I don't know. You look around, you're up in Northern California. I mean, you can see almost like a sea change in the amount it's of homeless. Bad. It's bad. Hey, fellas, check this out. I need to, I've been in the car. I need to walk into the store and order something. Go ahead. I want to okay. keep talking. But yeah, just that's fine. Give me a second. When I get ready, I'll let you know, okay? Okay. okay. Otherwise, you could take us with you. What are you going to yeah, do? What mind. are you okay. buying, dude? What are you buying? Some vitamins? <laughs> <laughs> no. What are you gonna get over? Hardware store. Oh, hardware. hardware store. What kind yeah. of nails are you getting? No nails, just some wood. All right. My lovely lady in the city next to me uh, has this mirror. She want to put it a certain way, 
in the bedroom. So, oh, you getting some wood? A mirror in the bedroom. You're installing it to the ceiling, right? No, no. She wants it a certain way in the bedroom, guys. So, you know what, Ralph? If you want to go, if you want to order the wood and do that, me and Chumon, we're gonna have a little bit of dialogue about some homeless stuff right now. And you do your thing, and you jump back in. She's telling me, don't stop. Stay with you. Okay, so good. Smart woman. I right, like her. Yeah. Right, right. So, all right. Yeah. Okay, so. Okay, so. Yeah, so, so now let's you, get back to the homeless situation. Yeah, let's get back to um, it because a lot of people pay a lot of lip service to it, but most people don't really want to make any political changes to actually take care of all these folks. Right. Well, the mayor of San Francisco, Bear Bree, has put out an order. She wants the streets cleaned up. Right. And you can see it start at the Tinder mine, which is a notorious drug area. Oh, and homeless and, area. And home- mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, and but it's changed. Yeah, you but you see got, the daily change. It's true, but it's it's you gotta be careful though, because sometimes when these politicians say cleaned up, what they mean is they're just gonna get Lock a bunch, bunch of police officers to pick them up and drop them off at some other town. Yes, and that's not happening here. And that was one of her issues that she addressed. From the very beginning, she didn't want to go the old route as most politicians do. If they're on the streets and doing drugs, lock them up. And, right. And we're not doing that. Right. We because have what they call. Oh, go ahead. So go ahead. We have what they call a hot team that goes around and asks people, do you want to get off the streets? Do you want to try to get housing? Do you want to clean up? And if they say yes, they bring them to us. All right, so let me ask you this. Let's get down to it. What's the first thing? When someone comes hot off the street to you guys, like what's the first thing you guys, that, that they want or they want to do? Yeah, what's the process like, um, Ralph? The, the, first thing that, the first thing that they want to do is take a shower and get a bunk so they can get some rest and sleep. And I have to, I have to really be careful in negotiating that because along with that, I must get their vital documents. Like mm-hmm. they need an ID. Like they need a social security card, like they need a birth certificate, they need to have an identity. So in this process of the initial intake, where I see them after they walk in the door, <clears throat> excuse me, it's a process. And sometimes I just have to get the main paperwork signed off, let them go take a shower, get them a bunk, and they'll sleep for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. And then they get fed. They get three hot meals a day. They get showers are open. In fact, I was lucky to work in one of the cleanest uh, navigation centers in San Francisco. We we set the pace with how we deal with the homeless. Uh, all the clients come here, say, "Man, I'm so glad to be able to get here because they could have wound up at any of the navigation centers." And but from, they know that. from your perspective, uh, Ralph, what do you think? And I'm being serious. Yes. What do you think? The homeless, in terms of their experience of what they've experienced, what do you think they um, can contribute to society from their perspective? Like, what can they tell us? What can they show us? They can show you how unfair life is. Wow. Wow. Really unfair. Because these are people, some of them that I work with, have been on the streets for 15, 20 years. They've been kicked in the head, kicked in the butt, told no, get out of here. We can't help you. We're not going to help you. And then they wind up in front of me. You remember, You remember, um, Ralph, remember the client yes. that came in and stayed with us that was lit on fire in front of the CVS? Yes. The yeah. Homeless person. Yeah. What? Some kids lit yeah. him on fire. It was a homeless guy that was uh, yeah. uh, laying in the in front of CVS. And some ki- And the kids, weren't the kids well-to-do? A couple white kids or something like yeah. that? Yeah, and they yeah. lit him on fire as a and joke. From a very affluent family. Yeah, lit this guy on fire, burned like half of his body, third degrees. Well, you know what? I mean, when you horrible when the parents and the society is modeling a behavior of we don't care about these people, they're throwaways, mm-hmm. they're human garbage, and we're going to let them just die on the streets. It's no wonder that kids might get the idea that human life isn't valuable. That they're, you know, that's something, Ralph. How do we teach? Americans, that there's an inherent value to human life besides where they are in the social strata. And at the base level, even the lowest of the low, there's still a value that needs to be respected for human life. 
I think he's pondering that. Did we lose Ralph? He's still up. Ralph, we can't hear you. Did Ralph? you hit the mute? I just asked like an earth-shattering human Man, question. Great question. I can't even remember it now. What did I say? How do we teach kids? Americans. Uh, do you get disconnected? Yeah. Um, and this is the part of the show that's real, mm-hmm. right? And so now we're going to vamp. And vamping is what you do when you're doing a live show and you just kind of tread water, keep everyone's interest while we fix the technical issues. What's the key and, to a and vamp? We're, a good vamp. Right, right. Mike, Mike, thankful we're here. We have Mike helping us out. The key, to, the key to a good vamp is you got to say yes to everything. It's kind of like improv. Right. Yeah, and not asking yes, about and. the vamp in the middle of the vamp is another thing that you don't want to do. But then you can talk about the vamp and turn it into a meta vamp. It's a meta vamp. It's a meta vamp. Right? You well, turn it you turn it into that and then you keep moving. Here my here. <laughs> Listen, my daughter ate mm. checks mix for the first Like that? How's that? <laughs> We've got audio wars going on. Um, you know what though? No, uh, but back human to be back life. to be serious though. And that wasn't that wasn't the oh I hate to say it, dude. That wasn't the only case, man. There was fucked up cases, man. Let there me was tell you. there was cats running around. Just shooting fucking smokers and homeless people just so that they could say they did. You know what? I got a client, a current client. Hold on, listen to this. This is a true story. Current client who I helped get a birth certificate. He was like 57. He's a handyman. His mother, he doesn't know this for sure. This is what he was told. His mother was a prostitute in a house of ill repute. Mm -hmm. And he was born and she was a heroin addict. And he was raised on the street without his mom. And the person who told him that was his, what he considered his mom a homeless lady. And he lived out by MacArthur Park uh-huh. in the back behind a Del Taco with this woman in a shack, like a plywood fuck up thing behind in an alley. Uh-huh. He lived there with his mom, his homeless mom. And he was homeless. Two, three, four, five. She raised him. When he turned six, his homeless mom, the only mom he ever knew in this hard life, kicked him out. Said, I'm not your real mom. I can't raise you. You're slowing me down. And she was a crackhead. She said, get the hell out of here. He ran the streets. He and never had a birth certificate, was not born in a hospital, had no social security number, nothing. Holy shit. Wow. Man. So he shows up. And he's already... Hello. Yo, sir. Hold on. You're going to have to finish that story later, I'm bro. Back with okay. you. All right. Go ahead. Go. We were going to hear that That's back at the end. That's a cliffhanger, bro. That's a cliffhanger. Oh, bro. There's a lot to this story. Oh. 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 All right. Well, Mr. Moore, we had... Fuck one. Fuck one. You hear? Do ma, do ma, Mr. Ralph, Mr. Ralph, we were. Yeah. I was just asking you, what's it going to take for Americans to learn that there's a basic value to human life, regardless of the social strata? That, like, at the base yeah. level, no matter how low a person gets, there's still a value in the human life. How do we get that to to the rest of the country? What a question! Excellent question. Very, very good question, but it's a hard answer to it. See, first of all. What I deal with, what I fight with every single day on my job with the higher up, the people that says yes or no and makes a decision is what the hell are we doing? Are we doing this for a paycheck? Are we doing this to really try to help people in our society today? Man. A little story. Please. That I could tell you about. But I just want to share share with you this story. Um, I was working at Site 35. This is on Jones and Gary Boulevard. It was a, called a SIP hotel, a shelter-in-place hotel. Mm. And one day this lady walked in my office, very meek and, my, and shy. Her name is Amelda. And she sat down, and I started doing my intake questions. And then I, it was something different. I said, wait a minute. Tell me how you got here. You're not the normal person that I see in this office that have been homeless for five to 20 years. What brought you here? And she said, well, I was working as a nurse's assistant for this client. There were four of us working for her. 
and we all caught COVID-19 from her. They all had to be hospitalized. So my client that's in front of me is telling me that because of catching this uh, disease, her CPOD inflamed. COPD inflamed. Right, that's a respiratory situation, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And this COVID-19 attacks that. Right. The lungs fill up with liquid. Yes. So yes. but so she had to be hospitalized. She went through the hospitalization. They discovered that she had breast cancer oh. on top of it. They sent her to a hotel for the recovery period. Right. And after the hotel recovery period, she went back to where she was living. And she was renting a room from this man that had several boarders that rented rooms from them. And they told her she couldn't live there anymore because she had that disease. Right. Not being from here, she did not know her legal bounds, what she could have done. So she went back to the hotel and they sent her to the shelter in place where I worked. That's what I met her. So when you first come in, you do the intake. And then you have to be assessed to see um, what is the vulnerability to you being on the streets versus protecting you to come into this hotel that was a shelter place for the homeless. So they put her in the hotel. Man. Some of the questions they ask, and I'm ashamed of people that run and, and, and have the power over this organization. Because one of the questions they ask is if you've ever had sex to have a roof over your head. Why would they ask that? Because they want to know how vulnerable you are. Do you use drugs? That makes another vulnerability. Do you um, have any mental illness problems? That makes another inability. So a person that checks all three of those, when they question them, they become priority. Right. For housing. Because they're in a very vulnerable state for things to get worse for them. Right, but the the grants that are written or whatever, probably if you check off those boxes, the institution gets more money. Um, That's another issue I have. But I'll get to that. So now I have this person that's a, a, a work in progress, not priority. She's deemed a work in progress. So how do I help this person? She has ID. She has a social security card. She has all the identification she needs or the vital documents that she supposedly needs. Right. <laughs> Excuse me. Mm-hmm. But I can't get her housed because from me, they go to a navigator and they want to see what their score was on the assessment. Man. And if she doesn't score high enough, then she's a work in progress. It, so, it, so, it, sounds, to, it sounds like how they like run these credit, you know, like your credit score or anything else, man. Like yeah, yeah. they want to put a number on a person and deal with they them in to, that way. They matter too. So now she needs to go out and find an apartment or a room where somebody will uh, uh, rent to her. And if she finds that and they give her a signed lease, she can take it back to the adult uh, coordinator center and get three months rent and their first and their move-in fees. But that's hard to do in San Francisco. Yeah. Especially since you don't have income. You know what's crazy is San Francisco this, this is kind of, <clears throat> San Francisco is the epicenter of a lot of that big tech money. Right? Like big yes. tech money. Yes. Right? Yes. And these so, and these bastards, right? When they go around and sell their little widgets and their little TikToks and their little flip-flops or whatever they do, they go around and talk about this new world they're building. They're like, oh, this is the future, a new world. We're going to make a better world. We're going to improve everything. Meanwhile, there's a bunch of homeless people right outside their office, and they ain't lifting a finger to do shit. Right, right. So so this this situation becomes paramount to me every Zoom I have with uh, the whole organization, every training I go to, I bring up this situation. Something's wrong about this. What because is- this woman 
was not homeless, but we're going to make her homeless. Right. So let me ask you a question, because so when when Ralph Moore, right, the conscious of America, when Ralph Moore comes walking, is like and, and you raise your hand or whatever you do, do do the do the do the people in charge start to get nervous and roll their eyes and be like, ah, shit, here we go. Here we go. This guy got the big mouth. He's going <laughs> to tell us about what's really going on. They were doing we that. Really- they were doing that everywhere with you, Ralph. They were doing it at Health Right, too, right? Yeah, yeah. They really don't want to hear it because everybody gets a paycheck. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to lose my paycheck, number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, that means I have to work a little harder. That means I have to have compassion. Right. That means I have to serve. Right. And most people that's in these positions. And then... At the top of the organization, we have these young kids coming out of college with doctorate degrees and yeah. uh, master and and a therapist or social workers that got their head up their butts mm-hmm. and they don't know what to do. Mm. So they design these programs, and I've seen it happen over and over and over in the last two years. They come up with the program for for our clients, and it's backwards, right? Because they don't got life experience, man. Absolutely. The program says, okay, we're going to get you an apartment. There's a law in San Francisco. Every new complex that's built, you must have 30% of the rooms that you build to um, go to the homeless below market rate. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right. So I love that. And let me tell you something, Ralph Moore. Let me tell you something. I love guys like Ralph. Mm-hmm. All right. I love guys like Ralph. I, in fact, I'm in kind of the Ralph Moore camp. I got a big mouth too. And when I start saying shit and questioning shit and bringing up valid points that nobody wants to think about, the truth, I hate to tell you, it ain't for everybody. Right. You know, they go up. Oh, here comes that big mouth Indian guy again. He's going to fucking talk about X, Y, and Z. But somebody's got to say it. Somebody's got to say it. And so somebody up there in the hierarchy really hears it and has a compassionate heart and knows what's really going on and willing to do something about it. Right. And that means they have to be willing to step on other toes Mm. that are higher than theirs. Yeah. So here we go with this person Mm -hmm. that has been homeless, say, for instance, 15 years. A lot of their living skills... They have lost. Oh, come on, now. of course. Come on. They picked up another so, set of skills so, that doesn't serve them, probably. Come on. Correct. So now, well. before they get housed, why don't we have them go through some groups that tells them or shows them how to shop for groceries for a month? Well. So when they get their EBD card that gives them three hundred dollars or three sixty five a month to buy groceries, they can buy groceries that last them all month right. and buy so that they can fix food for themselves all month and not run out of food on the 20th day hey. or to teach them how to take care of themselves and not sell their uh, food steps to the drug dealer. Right. 
Hey, let me tell we you something. Let me tell you something, Mr. Moore. I'll tell you what, there's a lot of people that aren't homeless that can learn how to shop around here. Yeah. Yes, yes. Well, we're talking about a, a specific group that truly needs it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because yep. of where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. Here's a young lady mm. that was in our youth program that got Section 8. I said, look, I'm going to work with you so we can find a place. She can live anywhere in San Francisco. Mm. They will pay her rent up to a, maybe 80% of her rent. Okay. And she said, oh, no, this, I got this. I can do this. So I started asking her questions about if you bought a 10-pound bag of ground beef, of ground beef, what would you do with it? She said, I take it home and put it in the freezer. I said, you're going to freeze all that meat and not cut it up right. to make hamburgers out of it, to have enough for maybe some spaghetti and wrap your hamburgers in single patties, patties so you come home. Maybe one day you come home, you don't want to fix dinner. You don't want to stand over the stove. So you right. just slap a hamburger patty in the skillet right. and make your hamburger maybe some fries. Basic living skills. Things you... Living yeah. skills. Right. This ain't McDonald's. We don't teach that. We don't, teach that. We don't talk about that to these clients mm. that need it desperately. Yeah, you know what? But so, this, this, this also goes back also, to... It also goes back, Ralph, to like... You remember as you the needs that you guys needed as ex felons getting out after spending 20, 30 years, they wanted to put you guys into drug uh, counseling, right? That was what, that, that was their primary thing was to get you guys into drug counseling, wasn't it? Instead of, and I remember you telling me. Why don't we yeah. have a class that teaches us how to make resumes or balance our checkbooks or, right? Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, and it was it something was lacking. It's like this, they want to serve up this blanket type of, throw a blanket type of uh, template that's got to work for everybody. But the thing is, is it's way off base. Yeah, but but yeah. the thing is, and on top of all that, we got to really recognize is that we don't even teach our own children that in school now. Like, you got a lot of kids that aren't homeless, and they're going to go on to um, get a degree. And I'm in a house full of them. They don't, know how to wanna, they don't know how to wash their clothes or turn on a dishwasher or boil water. And we don't and they're 23 te- years old. And we don't teach kids economic literacy right out the gate. This is your credit. This is right, what an right, interest rate right, is. Right, right, this is right, what your mortgage right. is going to look they're, like. All that stuff. Right? We don't do that. So if we too worried about teaching critical uh Thinking? What's the new thing? No, no, no. it the ain't critical. new. Hey, listen, Ralph, Mr. Moore, critical. I'll go with you a certain way. Race yeah, 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 I'll go with you a certain way, but I'm going to stop at critical race theory because I believe in that, and that ain't nothing new. People need to know it's racist, no. but they also yeah. need to know how to balance a checkbook. Yes. Uh, they need that more importantly. Mm. Yeah. That's everyday living. So it doesn't surprise me that when people get out of doing paying back society in prison, right. that the available things don't teach them the life skills that we won't even teach our own kids. That's up to the parents. Right. Either your parents are going to tell you or they ain't. Right. And you're on your own. And there's a whole industry built on suckers. Yeah. And 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 we are the suckers. Mm. Mm. Mm mm mm. So. So, so say, for instance, say, for instance, you get a guy that's been raised in Compton, gang member. He's tired of it. He wants to change his life, turn his life around. Where does he get that training in prison? Yeah, I don't it know. It don't happen. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't happen. Excuse me. I'm going to ask a question. Go ahead, please. I'll be happy to answer. Okay, I'm back with you. Oh, that was fast. What was your question? The question was, where do I get a one by four like the piece of wood I have in my hand? <laughs> All right, brother. Um, so, uh, so now, so, so tell me, um, now, you have a significant other now, Mr. Moore? This is why you bought this wood? Yeah. Is that a yes? Yeah. How does, yes. How does Mr. Moore, how does a man with your expertise, how do you wine and dine a woman? Like, what's the Moore technique? Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty good at that, I think. <laughs> you know, I like to go to nice restaurants. Right. I like to park. Uh-huh. I like to take them to the museum. Nice. You know? A man of civilization, a man of culture. A man of culture. Yes. I wasn't always an inmate. That's not who I am. Right. Um, 
You're a um, le- you're a no. learned you're a learned man. Yeah, I love that. And let me ask yeah. you a different question: What's the signature move to make that first ask out for a date? Like, do you pretend to play hard to get? Do you kiss their hand and say "Oh, chante, mon chéri"? Like, how do you do? Hold on a minute. One okay. second. You're trying to buy some wood. I got it. Shh, Mr. and Mrs. Earbuds, you just wait. You just sit there and you just chill. Okay. Okay. Please, sir. Um, well, how do you make I, the? How do you make? How do you break the ice? Do you grab their hand and kiss well, it? With her, I didn't really have to break the ice. I was going upstairs and she was going downstairs, and she looked at me and smiled. Uh, that's all it took. That, that, that time on, mm-hmm. we talked. And then we went to uh, over to San Rafael, had a nice meal and talked, mm-hmm. and that was the start. I love it. Well, Mr. Moore, but, I, I got to you know, tell you, it is an she's honor. She's leaving me next week. She's leaving me next week. For what? She's, she's going to sit back home to the Philippines for a couple of months. How is she going to survive family. without you, brother? I don't know. She hey, needs her. She needs her man I, and her guidance. They, they're asking, how are you going to survive without me? Yeah, by going to the Philippines. I'm a tough woman. A what woman? Tough. Oh, she's a tough woman, she said. (laughs) And she is. Keeps me in check. Well, you know what? The Filipino are strong people, and I salute them. I actually love the Filipino. Um. Now, thinking about this, I want to switch gears real quick. Tell us about your experience, you know, exchanges with Steve Luciano when he was a client. Client? You ask it. Say that. Say that again. What what was your experience in exchanges with big Steve Luciano um, as a client and a co-worker, you know? How did that go? I was thinking about Steve. I was thinking about Steve uh, right before he called me to tell me about this second um, podcast and i was thinking about the day we were sitting upstairs and we we're talking about he was telling me about doing a play and and it just sparked something in me and and then we started working on it mm-hmm. and that. we didn't really finish together because he left and went back to la but this could be a heck of a play do you recall what the, do you recall what the substance of the play was like kind of what the general yes, idea was man. Men in prison, and how how real prison is. Mm. So you have three prison cells on stage, and they're all dark. The whole stage is dark. You light up one cell, and you hear the men talking about different issues that men and women go through being incarcerated. So it's an education for the public to see people in prison and what they think and what they talk about and what's real for them in prison, being incarcerated. How long so then you could get some real you get some real ideas of, well, if this is how they feel, how do I uh, help them? What can I do to change this course? Let me ask you a question, Mr. And, Moore. Uh, how long how long have yeah. you did you know Steve? Like how many how much time did you guys spend together back in uh, in Northern California? Oh, we spent almost every day. And when when you first met Steve, uh, like what was, you know, did you notice right away that he had, you know, some sort of gifts or what was what was your thought? Well, see, one of the things that Steve has shared with me is that he was trying to get close to me and I had that wall still up, you know, Hmm. but because of this and not giving up on me, we were able to connect. Yeah, we were able to get past our differences. Yes. Right. What does that look like, Steve? When the, when that's going on, like, is it? Uh, I'm gonna say to I'm gonna say to Ralph that Ralph, you weren't the only one that had a wall up. I still was carrying old ideas with me, and I think that those clash. The cut to be exactly from here. No, 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 not exactly. Keep going. Those clash. He's getting his wood cut. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think Ralph. I think we were. Okay, I, I'm back. I'm back. I, you were. You had, maybe had your wall up. You just got out of prison. Right. I think I still carried some old ideas, yeah. and I think that that caused friction. But I remember that after a while of us not talking, 
Uh, yeah. I think we mutually both uh, had concern for each other. And I think that I kind of stood back and watched the trajectory you were going on. I was like, wow, man, this dude really is trying. And I think you saw me go out to the island and start working. And I think yeah. uh, we both kind of like saw that we were both really on the similar page of things. Of hey, change. Hey, you know what, Steve? You know what, Steve? Hmm. You know what I missed? Mm. Oh. Going grocery shopping on Saturday. Oh, brother, man, dude, do? that was the best. Well, I didn't have a car; I was on suspended license, right? And he, yeah. of course, he was, and he got his license, and he got a car. Yeah. And so, to get to the city every day, I take a couple buses, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, on the weekends, he would be home, and we'd have to go grocery shopping. He'd be like, "What time you want to go?" And we'd hop in the car, and we'd go, and we'd go. We before we went uh, grocery shopping, where we'd go get some coffee, right? Yep. We'd go find like a nice coffee shop. Before, huh? Right? And we'd sit down, man, and we would just chop it up for a couple hours. Then we'd go shopping, get our groceries. And, and man, dude, that was a, you know what, Ralph? That is a special, special time, man. I, I, I love that, man. I miss that. Hey, yeah. wait, wait, what's what back then? What was on Big Luck's shopping list? Like, where were you getting? Like, uh, you know, wafer cookies? Oh, hell that? no. Come Chicken on. breast, no, no, rice. No, no. What would you huh? do with 10 pounds of uh, ground the chicken, beef? The chicken that was marinated. Yeah, the preseason chicken. Yeah, <laughs> brother. <laughs> You're funny, Ralph. You remember. <laughs> nice. yeah. Ralph was getting some ho hos and some donuts. <laughs> He began some goodies in the old Mike White, old Mike White right? And then Ralph was a study talking about he wasn't going to smoke, but every other week he'd have a pack of cigarettes in the car. Well, you know how you do. Sometimes, whatever. Right. No. Yeah, that was a hard habit to break. Yeah. Still have a I haven't either. Yeah. <laughs> Man, Ralph. So, so and where do we want to go? Back to the to the job situation or just life in general? Let's bring up right, up to speed. Back. You're dating a woman, really Philippines. Philippines. You're dating a woman. You're about to move. I heard. What's going on with you, Ralph? Yeah, I'm going to move to a large. But I've been in the studio for all this time. I need a little more room. Uh huh. Sure. I'm move to the one bedroom. And will check this out. I pay seventeen hundred and fifty-four dollars a month for a studio. Okay. It's an older studio, so it's pretty. It kind of breaks up into. Like a living room and a bedroom, I I think it's pretty cool. Everybody says it's nice, mm -hmm. but I need a little more room. Mm -hmm. So I was talking to the to the property management people, and I asked the lady. I said, "Can I ask you a question?" She said, "What is it, Mister Boy?" I said, "Does anybody pay more rent than me in this complex? It's four buildings." She said, "Nope." I said, "Wow." I said, "What if I wanted to move to a one bedroom?" She said, I'll put you on the list for it. I said, how much more am I going to have to pay? She said, you already paid the max. It's a third of your income. Wow. $1,754. Are you trying to get this one bedroom set up for when uh, your uh, friend comes back from the Philippines? <laughs> well, she wants to get her own place, and I don't, I respect that. Mm -hmm. But it might be that way. No, I'm not saying for, for 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 living situation. I'm just saying it's hard to entertain a uh, a tough woman in, in a studio. It might be easier to entertain a woman <laughs> in a warm bedroom. Oh, she she's pretty tough. I don't have a problem with that. Then she needs to be tough yeah. to handle you, Ralph. Yeah. Yeah, that's what my family says. Well, I mean, that is true. I mean, it, it, as great as Ralph is, there's always, you know, somebody always needs a coach or somebody to come along and whip him into shape a little. Hey, Ralph, what yeah, happened with our friend? More. What happened with our friend uh, that ha that was fighting cancer? Oh, man. He passed. He did? How long ago? Yeah. Uh, hey, babe. Babe. Hey, babe. When was Ray Sumo? Ray Sumo. Ray. 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 Sweetheart, bro. Sweetheart. Yeah. When was his funeral? About three months ago. Wow, man. Yeah. The last time I saw Ray, he was running really around with his grandson. Yeah. He had his grandson over, yeah. and they were playing out front. Wow. The little one. Yep, the little one. The, okay, did you ever see the teenage one? No. Only the little one. He, he was killed by some gang dudes. What? That broke his heart. Yeah. 
him and one of his buddies that I told him, because I used to talk to the teenager all the time. I said, you need to leave that dude alone. He's no good. He's going to cause you problems. Oh, he's all right here. I said, no, he's not. Anyways, they were at a store over the South Bay. Some guys drove up on him and lit him up. He died. The gang member dude didn't. Of course. Wow. That tore Ray's heart out. Wow, man. Yeah. That's just too bad, man. Yeah. God, yeah, God kinda, bless Ray, man. Rest in peace, man. He 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 kind of gave up after that. Right. I used to go over and cook food, take it to him, go sit with him when he was just extreme pain. It was hard. It was like dealing. Did we lose you? Well, well, I think we lost Ralph again. Well, listen. Listen, we're going to have Ralph back again. Guy's a, a wealth of information. He's he got the biggest man. heart. Biggest, biggest heart. heart. He's on the front lines. He's doing God's work. And he's talking truth to power. He is, man. We'll get Ralph back on. But listen, I'm glad, man. Mike, thank you for helping us out with the Zoom. You know, it was a little rough. He was running around. And my listeners, you know, bear with us. Sometimes the shows are going to be a little bit rocky. But the quality and the content of what we bring you is important and needs to be heard. Rocky. Rocky Balboa. Rocky Balboa. A big shout out to Ralph Moore. Ralph Moore, man. Ralph, thank you, man. Ralph, we love you, man. And you are always a guest, part of the Hard Luck Show. And God bless his partner from the Philippines. May she give him lots of excitement and happiness. And a big shout out and a rest in peace to Ray, man. Yeah. A friend that passed away. He helped a lot of people. Ray. Sending repairs out to you. Right. And uh, I also want to say, like, you know, from my perspective, I actually think a show where a guy's buying wood in the middle of telling us about social ills is the best. It's the best fucking thing. With his lady. Right, with his lady. And then yelling at her in the thing and be like, hey. Hey, yo, hey. <laughs> when, hey, when was his funeral? Yeah. When was it? Oh, okay. Yeah, it was three months ago. Yeah, yeah that was great. I love that. That's real shit. Avondo Bone. Uh, braids to court. We, we've trademarked that. Excellent. Yep. Um, and uh, Sean at movemental.media. Supermaxhardware.com. Vibes, rolling papers, and cookiessf.com. We got new season dropping soon. And. Mike Angelo Photography. Also, right. Yeah, shout out to Pulpo too, man. Pulpo! Uh, Beard oil. Yeah. And you three gentlemen that hold it down all the time. Yes, sir. Shout and, out to Coit. Oh. Shout out to Tigre. Yeah, Tigre. Shout out to Vincent, Sophia, and my grandson, Michael. Hey. I'll tell you a quick, 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 quick Tigre story. Quick Tigre story. This was her first trip. Took her to Louisiana. Mike mm. Alder Law, best lawyer aside from the Indian out there. Right. Anyway. Her first plane trip, everything's great. Everyone's freaked out. Everyone's scared. Don't lose sight of her in the in the in the airport. Blah blah blah. Sits down outside the thing, outside the um, gate. We're at the gate. Everything's set. Everyone's got their luggage. We're all good to go. First big trip. Blah 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 blah. I grabbed the Gatorade Power Bar because I didn't have anything to eat. I didn't look at the ingredients, and I was eating it. And it's not a. It's like a mainstream bullshit Power Bar. And I was eating it right. My little girl looks up at me and she goes, she wants to eat what I'm eating. So I give her a little bite. Within 10 seconds, her throat starts swelling. She starts having hives and she starts having an allergic reaction 10 minutes before we're about to board the plane. And she's like, and she even, when she gets like that, like she gets kind of scared or whatever. My wife picks her up and it's scary, right? So I'm sitting there and I tell the gate person, I'm like, hey. And they were like, excuse me, sir. And I go, no, 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 no. Get the fucking EMTs here. My daughter's having an allergic reaction right now. The EMTs come. I'm talking all the shit, right? Like fucking beds and firemen and all this shit. Eight people. God bless those folks. I'll tell you something. They were so good to us. And so was you. They take her, they take her blood pressure. They do all this shit. She's fine. But she's still having a, a reaction. Her face is a little puffy. And they tell us. It, she seems to be all right. She's getting enough oxygen, blah, 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 blah. And my little girl, she plays doctor all the time. She's fine. They go, do you want us to take her to the hospital now? Now my wife and I are looking at each other. We had this trip planned. Da, 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 da. Baby looks like she's fine. We're like, well, we'll just sit here. So my wife and I say, well, you know what? We'll wait to board last minute. See how she does. And then the EMTs left. 
as soon as the last minute came around, my daughter just threw up. Like all this white throw up just drizzled out. And I'm like, get those EMTs back. We're not going anywhere. My wife's like, we're not going anywhere. We took her to the fucking hospital. We were at Chalk Hospital Orange. Wow, right. And watched her for four hours. She calmed down her uvula, which is that thing that hangs in the back of the throat, was swollen. Doctor said she definitely had an allergic reaction. We had to take two EpiPens. And the doctor was like, and I kept the wrapper. And they're like, what was it? We still don't know what it was. But he's like, was it nuts? I'm like, no, my daughter eats cashews all day. There was milk in the bar. Mm. Way. Mm. And we think maybe it was the way that, because she never eats any dairy. My daughter healed up. We reset everything for the next day. We got on the plane, flew, and baby loved it, loved everything, didn't have a problem since then. But that really did happen. Wow, wow man. Nothing scarier, man, than having your, your child, especially when they're little children. Oh, nothing scarier, man. Yeah, because we couldn't, she was upset, but we couldn't tell from the outside exactly what was going on. We were trying to ask her, where does it and hurt? she can't explain to you, right? Yeah, it's, you feel helpless. And that's why I was like, we got to fucking... But then I was proud of my wife and, and my baby and my mother-in-law because even though that was a super scary... Because allergic reactions, like, what do you do? Right. She had to get, like, a shot and all the shit. But the next day, we saddled everything back up and went on the trip anyway. So big shout-out to Tigra. And uh, I just wanted to share that with you guys. That was a scary episode. Awesome, man. United? Sunday. United. Good United and... Ooh. And I was like, you know what? We do live in a great country. Because I was, like, telling my wife, I'm like, what if we were in India? Oh, and like you just have to write it out. Right. There's not going to be a bunch of people coming and doing checks and all this right, shit. Right, right, right. Well, and on the the thing of United, uh, Spirit Airlines is fucking garbage. Yes. Do not book on Yo. Spirit. Worst experience I had going to Colorado. <laughs> horrible service. Horrible everything. They're lousy. Do not use Spirit. Just you know why it's called Spirit? Because the ride will break your spirit. It'll break your spirit. It's trash. <laughs> take right. your spirit. Spirit man. Airlines is garbage. It, it is. Never fly with spirit. I actually flew on spirit just mm -hmm. before that to visit in Texas to visit my sister's baby. Bad experience? Terrible. Trash. Terrible. Dude, when they I- charge you for your, for your personal luggage. What? They charge you for fucking breathing. I'm like, dude, I got to take a piss. They're like, <laughs> They're yeah, that'll trash. be 50 bucks. <laughs> and their seats are so thin. Like, I looked at the side of the seat. It was, like, narrower than a fucking... I was yeah. like, what the hell is this? I'm like, yeah. what is this bullshit? And then styrofoam. I, huh? You're flying in uh, lawn chairs. Yeah, dude, I looked at... But, I mean, you look at the outside, styrofoam. it looks like that old-school generic fucking colors. Yellow and black. What do you expect? <laughs> it was fucking bullshit, man. Yeah, Spirit was such a disappointment. I was like, fuck this airline. Hey, we're Spirit. Come fly us. You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck, man? Cheap-ass shit. What you yeah, you, what you should do is drink a lot of spirits before you get on spirits <laughs> so you black out. All right. And like we do about this time. Right. Adios, amigos, from the Hard Luck Show.